Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. Heather Monroe is somebody who's going to give you an infusion of electricity and energy, I think, when you hear this conversation. She heard about Sidewalk Talk through social media and had already been feeling a call to sit out on the sidewalk. And now it's been 18 months. And in Newcastle in the UK, she's been out listening every other week and has really created that sense of community that we talk about. And she says, it's always astonishing to me how much better I feel after I go out and I listen on the sidewalk. Heather's background is she went to Cambridge and studied natural sciences um, and then pursued psychology and teaching and studied in Norway. And she took a career break to spend 10 years as a full-time athlete. And then she was a leader in an organization and has since become a leadership coach and speaker. She travels all over the world to work with leaders, to work with sometimes Olympic athletes, but even sometimes moms, sometimes teachers, sometimes doctors that aren't in big programs or companies. So she really encompasses the gamut in her coaching. And what I love about this conversation is in spite of having all this skill and grace with people, she really says, I still learn so much from sitting out on the sidewalk. And I think that's what's been really humbling for so many that start a chapter is if we really bring our own learning mind to this work and this practice, it makes us feel better and it helps us grow. And those are some good things. So I bring you Heather Monroe from Newcastle in the United Kingdom. So Heather Monroe, I am really excited to get to be in dialogue with you and have everybody else meet you, frankly, because whenever I talk to you, no matter how I'm feeling, I just know that you embody all the principles of sidewalk talk because I feel it. So tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do beyond sidewalk talk for starters. Hmm. Well, let me just start, Tracy, by saying how delighted I am to be spending this time with you as well. Um, it's a real treat for me to just spend time talking with people who um, embody what I feel very passionate about too. So um, the feeling is mutual. Um, so yeah, I'm, um, well, the reason I'm here is that I'm a city leader with Sidewalk Talk and it's become something that's really important in my life. Um, but I came to it through my work as um, a business coach or a leadership coach, really. And for quite some time, I'd been looking for something um, to bring my skills um, and uh, my passions to that felt really meaningful. 
And when I discovered Cyborg Talk, it kind of felt like a calling and everything fell into place. Um, and so my, my whole kind of uh, passion in life is, is, is about connection. It's about um, people becoming, becoming themselves through relationships, through connection with other people, through meaningful interactions. Um, and, I, and, and that happens uh, through my work as a leadership coach, um, but in all aspects of my life. So um, as a parent, um, I'm, I'm a former athlete. And in fact, um, it, it, it applies in, in, in everything we do. Um, yeah, so that, that's who I am. I'm, a, I'm a, a, a passionate student of human connection and how we can become more of, of who we are through connection with others. Mm. Well, you know, your voice, your, your tonal quality of your voice is a little different than me. So I suspect that you're not a city leader where I'm from. Where are you <laughs> a city leader? <laughs> so uh, the city, that, the city lead that I lead is, is Newcastle in the north, of, um, the north of England. I actually live in a small city just outside of Newcastle called Durham, a beautiful city with a big cathedral and um, a cultural, historical heritage um, that we're very proud of. And I grew up in London, so I've lived um, in several different cities in the UK. But yeah, uh, the north of England. What do you think is personal to you that makes you so interested in elevating human connection? Like, what is your story that makes that true for you? <laughs> I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think... From, from a very young age, I, I made meaning. I found meaning in my life through connection with others, through sharing experience, through trying to... I think, that, I, think I really sought to understand others. I saw differences between myself and others very early, early on and, and, and tried to... I, I, I tried to understand that and tried to... To, to make sense of that. And I think, that's, I think that's what drives that connection for me is, is trying to, um, to understand myself better, to understand others better, to understand how we together can, can be more of ourselves. So as a very young child, um, I, used, I remember spending quite a lot of time on my own thinking about this sort of stuff, thinking about who my friends at school were, who my family were, and how we all kind of fit together. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been something that I've always thought about. It's kind of in the DNA of some people. It's, mm. it's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So how many times do you think you've, you've listened in the UK? How many times have you been out there? Well, we've been going uh, for about 18 months now. And we go out twice a month. Um, not for the first few. So we've probably been out 20 times at least. Okay. Um, and wow, every time, just so humbling, uplifting, inspiring, and different every time as well. Um, what an experience. So there are a lot of people that are listening that think uh, we're a little bit crazy for <laughs> wanting to do this and or brave. Some people would feel very scared about this. So maybe let's join with them a little bit. I want to hear about the very first time that you actually found your way out to the sidewalk as a sidewalk talk leader. 
Mm-hmm. What was what was that like? What was going through your head? Tell me what happened on that day. What mistakes you made? What victories you had? I want to hear all about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was really nervous, really nervous. Um, and the thing that I was most nervous about was rejection. Mm. Um, so really excited about uh, what the Cyborg Talk mission is and and the possibility and that that's what got me so energized about doing it but I was really scared of nobody sitting down of of people kind of giving us a wide berth and and and, and rejection and so I, I I engineered it a little bit so that it was quite a safe setting uh, we started off I, I had two really trusted colleagues. Um, so there were just three of us who went out the first time. And we went to uh, a place where we knew that there would be lots of people, that people would be uh, hanging around. It was uh, at the same time as an event was being launched in Newcastle on the, the riverside. And, and we also knew that it would be quite a safe audience. So we weren't going to be out with the most vulnerable in the city. And I think that for some reason made it feel safer and easier and less likely to be rejected. Maybe I would meet more people like me. Um, and actually we had lots of people sit down and we had lots of people engage. Um, but it was quite a different uh, population who actually sat down. It wasn't the people like me who sat down. It was, a, it was people very different from me. And in fact, it was the kind of people who sit down with us in the more vulnerable places. Um, and so we, 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 we journeyed such a long way in those two hours from being really quite, or certainly for me, quite apprehensive about what it would be like to sit down with somebody very different from me to almost feeling like that was a safer place to be <laughs> than with my kind of, what I perceived to be my sort of people. Um, and so just incredibly exhilarating in the course of those two hours um so exciting and 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 no no sense of rejection whatsoever so you go from this apprehension to exhilaration is what i'm hearing yeah and i actually find it fascinating heather to hear you say that there was something that felt almost more safe to be with people that were different than you can you help me understand that yeah um I wonder if it's something about actually it's easier not to judge or not to feel judged when, you know, if you're comparing an apple with an apple (laughs) or an apple with a banana, (laughs) there's there's so much more different. Perhaps it feels like it's easier to be judged by people who who think they should be the same as you. Um, and, And I felt much more comfortable with, with difference. Um, I didn't have to be like them. It was okay to be, to be different and to, so it surprised me, but I find it easier to hold space for people um, and be curious in our differences and excited about our differences. Um, yeah, maybe there's something about that. Hmm. The fear of judgment is less. So you almost had a sense of liberation, it sounds like, because you didn't have to turn on your comparing mind at all. It wasn't even mm. stimulated. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so, this is fascinating. I haven't thought about this before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's hard to like capture all the elements of this project that are so growthful. I was talking to Uta in Germany the other day, Heather, and mm. she, like you, is, is a longtime executive coach. And she said, gosh, I, I've done a lot of growth work in my life, and I haven't quite found anything like sidewalk talk that has quite led me to growth. And I'm like, yeah, why do you think I do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Tracy, that's been the biggest surprise for me. So um, when I first embarked on, on listening um, with Sidewalk Talk, there was this sort of altruistic part of me that thought I was giving something back. And that wouldn't it be nice to to use my skills and to reach a different demographic and, and to give something back to the community. And, and it, it had a sort of one way um, feeling to it. And what has surprised me is I'm sure that I get at least as much or more than I give. I learn stuff about myself and I, not only do I learn, but I'm people, I get a sense of it. Even though I'm doing the listening, people are also seeing me as a whole human being. The talkers are also connecting with me as a whole human being. Um, wow, yeah. The, 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 and and I'm, I, I pride myself in my, in my profession on um, the ability to hold space for other people and, and my, my, um, my empathy. And yet it's challenged every single time I go out. I learn something more about where the limits of those abilities are and, and, and how much more I can continue to grow. So it's very humbling. This is one of my favorite things about talking with you is that I also feel less alone and feel understood just because you hold this project in that way, which is you come to it wanting to learn and grow yourself. Mm. And that's so exciting for me to hear. And I feel kinship with you when you, hmm. say, st when you say stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Is there um, something in particular that in spite of this great empathizer that you are, because you know so much about stewarding corporate executives and leaders to better communication and, and connection with their staff, is there a particular way that you've noticed sidewalk talk impacting the way that you listen and the way that you empathize that you carry out into your own personal life? Um, well, the, the biggest thing that I've, I've noticed is it challenges um, my, uh, I suppose, my biases, um, my social conditioning, um, the, an example I often use is, is the first time somebody um, sat down with me who I guess hadn't washed for many days um, and really, really smelt, really smelt. <laughs> and, and, and I could feel this sense of repulsion. I was working so hard with what was coming up for me. And can I hold empathic space for this person? Can I get, can I move through that and, and you know all this stuff that was coming up to me and I think it just challenges me time and time again as to how far can I go 
or um, to, to what degree can I really be empathic for every human being? To what degree can I um, walk the talk of equanimity, of um, equality, of embracing diversity? And I, and I take that back into my work with my corporate clients as well. It challenges me to really challenge myself deeply around the beliefs I hold about my clients. Can they really become the people they want to, to become or do I hold some sort of judgment? That, that, that's, that's the biggest takeaway for me is just continually challenging my own judgments. That's really beautiful and humbling at the same time. <laughs> I, I hope that what you just said inspires people that are listening because I, I, I do feel like that's the real potential of this project. It, it's a non-dogmatic way to have people work on themselves and be more inclusive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to, to, to learn, to grow. You know, going back to, to apprehension, there's a repeating pattern for me when we go out and listen. I, I don't get nervous about listening, but I have this kind of sense of, oh, it's sidewalk talk again, and I'm really busy, and I've got to fit it in. And, um, oh, oh, so, you know, there's a, there's a little part of me that goes, oh, I don't want to do this today. And afterwards, and I know as, I, as I'm feeling that, I know that, that, that by the end of it, it's, I'm going to feel uplifted, inspired. It's, I'm going to ride the wave of, of everything I'm taking away from it for, for weeks afterwards. Um, and yet every time there's this sense of, oh, oh, can I do this? And every time there's this incredible liberation of all sorts of wonderful um, cosmic love and, and, and great stuff that I go away with. Um, so yeah, so it's almost like a, I, I, need, I need a fix of it <laughs> every few weeks to, to carry on growing and, and becoming, becoming more. Yeah, so there's this apprehension and then this exhilaration on the back end again. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're mirroring something that a lot of people experience, you know? Um, I think you saw it. It was a couple of U.S. researchers, someone from UC Berkeley and Chicago Booth School of Management that just did some research on listening to strangers mm. that went live on the BBS in uh, September, I believe. Mm. And they were talking about the apprehension that we have when we're sitting on the train to talking to strangers. And we always predict that it's going to feel taxing and tiring. Mm. And then their research shows that it's exhilarating. Mm. We always discount. And I'm a therapist. You're a coach. People pay me a lot of money to come talk to me. Mm. And I don't want people to have to pay people lots of money to come talk. I feel like mm. if we could all just do this better, mm. we could all be like you. We could walk around like Heather Monroe all the time, exhilarated. <laughs> I'm not like that all the time. Well, but, you okay. know, <laughs> just let me idealize you for a second. Come on. But you know, Tracy, um, I, it's not just for me, it's not just that people pay to come and talk as well, but there are so many other barriers too. Um, you know, for somebody to seek out a therapist or a coach, 
there are psychological barriers, there are social barriers, financial barriers, as, as you mentioned. But in fact, what, what, what if we could live in a world where it was just, just the way we all were with each other? It was a way of being. Um, wouldn't that be wonderful? And I've seen it happen just a couple of times when we've been out. Um, our favorite listening place um, in the summer when the weather's warm, we go to a place called Eldon Square in Newcastle. Um, it's, a, it's a park area with lots of benches um, where people who don't really have anywhere else to go hang out a lot. Um, and sometimes when, when we haven't actually got talkers sitting in the, in the chairs, we, we walk around a little bit and we strike up conversation with people on the benches. And, and I experienced once talking with one guy who was sitting on a bench and on the other end of the, the park bench, there was a lady sitting there. And after a while, she joined in the conversation. Hmm. And then Sweet. a little while later, I kind of wasn't needed anymore because the two of them found so much in common. And um, he had lost his wife. She had lost her husband. Oh. And, and I, I just stepped back and we'd created community. It was just beautiful to watch. And, and you know, if Sidewalk Talk can do that one conversation at a time, then, then we'll, I think we're doing some beautiful work in the world. Mm. I'm just taking that in. <laughs> so easy for me to get all misty about this kind of stuff. Mm. Hmm. So sweet. Oh, and then let's, can we daydream a little bit together? What would the world be like? What, what, what big problems in the world would we solve if, if that were happening and we could count on it happening? Anytime we needed it, what would be different? Can we daydream? We can daydream yeah, together. We can daydream, sure. So, uh, my one of my big hobby horses. I'm I'm big on climate on on the climate crisis. I've, it's become an all-consuming passion for me. And mm. the at the root of all of that for me is our mindset around a gross economy and around everything having to be bigger, better, more. And that being driven by our need to kind of be seen, to be accepted, to be okay. Mm. You know, if, if, if I earn more, then people will love me. <laughs> people will see me. People will accept me. People will connect with me. Mm. And of course, we know that that logic is completely flawed. But wow, you know, if, if, if people really did connect well, maybe, maybe we wouldn't need to have a world that was so driven by those kind of values and, and wow that could contribute to climate change <laughs> i love well you know because we've talked a little bit that this speaks to my heart right i mean this is this wound right i mean we mm. all want to be seen mm. and i love how you you link it right to growth economy the growth economy that pillages the earth is directly linked to wanting to be seen. So beautiful. And mm. I'm guilty. I raised my hand. <laughs> you know, I think we should let everyone else in on a conversation we had a few weeks ago, which was kind of a relief to me. I can't say that I sustained it all the time, but you and I were talking about sidewalk talks growth and you said, Tracy, it doesn't have to be bigger. <laughs> Yeah. And it's funny because this episode's going to air during our biggest fundraising month for Giving Tuesday. And your conversation with me influenced 
what we're raising money for, which is to support our existing chapters to feel fully supported, not to add new chapters. And that if we actually could just have the resources and support to be dialoguing like you and I are right now, but you getting to talk to Meng in Malaysia, who I know has been, he just told me, he goes, I've been listening for two years and we've been going out. He said, I've been out 38 times. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Wow. To have yeah. all, the, all this, you know, holding of just the little golden nugget that we have already. Yeah. That's all we need. Yeah. Yeah. You're realize, so right. And if we could hold our golden nugget of the 92 chapters that we have, and we were just coming together more and more and more, I did some calculations that we could listen to 11,000 people per month. Do we need more than that? Mm. Mm. And be having conversations like you and I are having, mm. you know, like the other city leaders. I mean, how fun is it that you're in the UK? I'm a woman from the United States now living in Germany. And we're hearing about listening from different cultures. Mm. And connecting deeply through it. Isn't it amazing that we can do that? Yeah. And you know, Tracy, I'm guilty too. We're all guilty of, of, of. I suppose we're trying to fill those kind of empty holes in our hearts with, with something that feels like we're, we're valued, we're um, worth something by pursuing more, by pursuing material goods, by pursuing growth. We're all guilty. Um, but uh, my, um, uh, my kind of, right-hand man, if you like, in, in the Newcastle City group, Jeff, he, he said once, I, I, I was saying, oh, you know, we don't get many people sitting down and we really need to get more people sitting down. And he, he said, you know, our success isn't measured by how many talkers we have. Our success is that we are here. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've quoted him many times since then because that, that's the essence of it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how we get to confront that part of ourselves that gets seduced into that growth mm. economy. It's so, we're swimming in it. Mm. And I can imagine that the minute that your mind went there, when you're standing there with this beautiful soul, which I should also say, Jeff was on holiday in San Francisco <laughs> and came and listened with us in San Francisco, which is another one of my favorite things about Sidewalk Talk is Let's see, I've had the, Mang has come stayed at my house. Uh, I've, you know, the New York City chapter leaders come out and listen, DC. I mean, I just love that, right? Yeah. I love the, the, I want our little golden nugget to have more of that. I want to come up and listen with you guys up there. Oh, we'd love to have you. You'd be very welcome. And there's lots of room in my house. I love sleeping on couches. Um, <laughs> we could probably do better than a couch. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but, but I can imagine that moment that you said to Jeff, hey, we just don't get much talkers, that many talkers. I bet it already, that statement of I need to be more than I am already mm. pulled you out of connection. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. And I think that's really important also. I've, 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 had to remind myself over and over again that sidewalk talk is a practice. It's the, it's the same as a, you know, a mindfulness practice or a meditation mm. practice. It's a, 
sitting down, uh, holding space, uh, watching yourself lose it, and then coming back again, and coming back again, and coming back again. And, and, and so, you know, every time I do sit down with somebody and they share an opinion and I can feel myself wanting to <laughs> disagree, oh, okay, I noticed that I'm wanting to disagree and I come back again. Can I really just be interested in you as a human? So, yeah, it, it's a practice rather than a, a, an end goal that we can reach. Um, yeah. I think that's a beautiful way, beautiful way to say it. Hmm. Ever make any mistakes out there on the sidewalk? <laughs> oh, yeah, mistakes. I don't know. What is a mistake in a human interaction? Oh, no, yeah, that was a clunky way to say it. But I mean, how do you have grace with yourself when you catch your mind wandering and you do have to bring yourself back? Because unlike mindfulness practice, it's between you and you. Mm, yeah. When you're out there on a sidewalk, it's between you and another person. That's true. Um, uh, well, self-compassion is important and, and being open and honest. And, you know, if, if, if you, if I, I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of something that a, a specific example, but I, I'm sure I must have apologized to, to talkers when perhaps I've done something that didn't quite feel quite appropriate. Um, yeah, I, I just being human. It's about being human, isn't it? And, and, and admitting that, oh, I, I see that that might not have landed so well with you or. I'm sorry if I offended you with that comment or um, that's part of it, showing up as a human being. Mm -hmm. In fact, if, if we show up as, as um, expert listeners, mm -hmm. then we're, we're almost undermining the whole um, premise. We're showing up as human beings mm -hmm. and we're just being ourselves and doing our best at holding empathic space. Yeah. It's really hard to get that across to folks who come out and want to have, um, I don't know if you've experienced this. I certainly have where folks want to come out and have a, a big experience, mm. right? They'll listen mm. to this podcast and they won't hear the part that you've said that sometimes it's kind of a drag because we'll sit out there and we won't get a lot of talkers. Mm. They hear the yeah. parts where you had these really exhilarating experiences. Yeah. And yet, what you're saying is, no, it's, it's, it's not about us being experts and it's not about us needing to have this experience. It's about us committing to a practice. Mm. And it's a, a practice, what I hear you saying is it's a practice of humanity. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't think growth economy is a practice of humanity. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not an economist and I, I, uh, I don't feel, uh, knowledgeable enough to take it further than that. But I agree with you that we've got a very flawed, um, well, you don't have uh, to be an system. economist to know what, it, I mean, girl, I spent like 10 hours today doing sidewalk talk stuff and I had to go check myself. I told you I had to go for a run in the trees because I'm like, wait a minute, I just did the growth economy thing. I just disconnected yeah. from myself and those people that I love because I yeah. felt compelled to do all these things. And it's a constant and beautiful reminder because the exhilaration of human connection is enough. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, coming back to what you were saying about people who might just hear the, the exhilaration, 
The other thing that has been um, really nurturing for me is, is, you know, the greeter role. A lot of people who come, particularly in the UK, they watch the, the, the training videos from the US and they'll, they'll say, oh, I reckon the greeter role is much easier in the US. It's that kind of culture where people will talk with each other on the street. And, 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 and people are very apprehensive about it. And I've turned that into a practice as well, the greeter role. You know, you might well get rejected by 30, 40, 50 people before you get someone who connects with you. And, and for me, that's really, um, there's a real potential for my own growth and development in that. In how, and rather than that being a, a rejection, it's a, ah, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, they didn't want to stop. Fine. Okay. Oh, and I'll talk with this person. So again, it comes back to self-compassion and humor. Actually, there's a lot of humor in our interactions on the streets as well. <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun in the greeter role. Yes. Um, laughing at myself, really. Um, yeah. You get to experiment, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you take it too seriously, then, then you then, then you'll, you'll come away disappointed. <laughs> yeah. There's like an element of play that you can bring to it is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And improvisation in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> this has been lovely. This has just been lovely. What a lovely way to spend an evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, really lovely. Thank you, Tracy. Is there anything else that um, feels, feels important? to say to the other Sidewalk Talk volunteers that'll probably listen in on our conversation or to maybe members of the public that might listen in on our conversation. No pressure, but if, what, what mm. feels burning on your heart? Or Well, I think for the other listeners, it is just that, um, you know, we talk so much about Sidewalk Talk combating loneliness, um, but it can be you know, we're lonely too, just because we're listeners. It doesn't mean that we don't feel lonely. And um, I, I guess just, I hope that this conversation we've had will, will resonate for some people that, oh yeah, you know, other listeners have those fears and those concerns. And um, that's, what, that's what I feel, you know, Tracy, when I, that exhilaration after a Cyborg Talk listening event is partly because my lonely heart has been filled up. Mm -hmm. It's been filled up, not just with connection with the talkers, but also that lovely community of volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, the, the volunteers are just, they bring so much to my life. The short time that we spend together each month. Um, yeah. So, so gratitude, I guess, to all the volunteers out there. Um, yeah. Mm. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. <laughs> And for those of you that are listening, it is our big fundraising month. And what you might want to know about Sidewalk Talk is that while we may not be hustling in the growth economy, we have doubled in size since last year. So we're now in 92 locations across 15, 15 countries with over 7,000 volunteers. And last year at this time, we were in 58 locations, so not quite double, and about um, a little over 3,500 volunteers. So we're going to need your support 
because there's actually operations people that we have to bring on board to help all the city leaders create their little golden nugget of connection with the other city leaders around the world. So thank you for supporting myself and Heather and the 90 other leaders that are sitting out there week after week, month after month, and sometimes. Thanks, Heather. Mm. Well, and thanks to you too, Tracy. What a, what an incredible thing you've created and you continue to lead. Huge gratitude to you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of